Hello, I'm Kyle Caldwell, and this is On The Money, a weekly look how to get the best out of your savings and investments. Today, I welcome back to the pod, Alice Guy, Interactive Investors, Head of Pensions and Savings. This is another episode inspired by you, so please do keep your questions and suggestions for topics for future episodes coming by emailing otm at ii.co.uk. So we're going to cover the debate on whether it's better to overpay on a mortgage or boost a pension. We've had a couple of emails asking this very question, so let's get to it. So Alice, the first point to make is that, you know, for a lot of people at the moment, you're not going to be able to do either, given that, you know, there's a cost of living crisis going on due to inflation being at very high levels. But for those, you know, that are making cutbacks because they have to, I suppose, you know, it's important to bear in mind that the pension should be one of the last things, if not the last thing, that they should be cutting back, given that if you cut back on your pension, you lose the benefits that you get from your employer. They will match up to a certain percentage of how much you put into the pension. And of course, you'll also lose out on the valuable tax relief that you get from the government. Yeah, exactly. So if you're a basic rate taxpayer, you pay in £80 to your pension. That's boosted to £100 by the government. And then assuming your employer pays in 3%, your employer will pay in £60 on top. So it costs you basically £80 to pay in 160 So it's doubling. So if you can afford it, it's really important to keep those contributions up and make sure that you're contributing at least the minimum to keep those employer contributions. And under auto enrollments, that's the minimum. That an employer that you know that the employer has to pay in three percent, you pay in five. Yeah. But in practice, some well, quite a lot of them do pay more than that three percent. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's an interesting point because you know when we're looking around and we're perhaps thinking of moving jobs and we're looking at the salary, we might not take into account what employers pay into our pension. But actually, over time. Um, small percentages really mount up. And if you can get an employer that pays in, say, 5% or even more, like it obviously is better, that's going to make a big difference to your long-term wealth. So if money is very tight and you are considering cutting back on your pension, I suppose a better approach is to reduce the percentage that you're contributing rather than just completely stopping it altogether. Yeah, and just check your rules with your employer because some employers, the minimum is you can, under auto enrollment is you contribute 5%, they contribute 3%. Some employers will stop paying in if you do. Other ones, they'll carry on paying in. So it really is kind of up to you to check the details of your employer's scheme. And, and if you talk to HR, they should be able to let you know the details. So let's now move on to the topic of the episode For those that have the means, what is the best approach? Should you boost your pension or should you overpay on your mortgage? What's your initial thoughts on this, Alice? Yeah, so I just qualify this by saying that, as we've already mentioned, I'm assuming here that this is on top of the minimum contribution. So I've basically said, what if you contributed on top of your minimum £200 a month extra into your pension versus paying £200 extra off your mortgage on top of like obviously what your standard mortgage payment is. So I think there's a few different things to bear in mind here. The big impact on which is better is going to be what happens with interest rates versus what happens with investment growth. And obviously that's a huge unknown, isn't it? We don't really know. Historically, interest rates have averaged around 5%. 
And often people use 5% as well when they're looking at potential investment returns. In reality, investment returns fluctuate and so do interest rate. And also your interest rate is going to vary depending if you're um, a new homeowner that's only got 5% equity of your savings to put into that house versus if you're you know, nearly at the end of your mortgage. So there's a lot of um, differences there. Broadly speaking, if the interest rates and investment returns are similar, there's not that much in it. But then you've also got to think about tax relief because obviously one of the big benefits of pension saving is tax relief. And there's a danger that if you expect to pay off your mortgage early and then max out your pension with that amount you would have put in your mortgage, that you won't actually get as much tax relief as you would have done if you'd done it more gradually. Also, I think another thing is, what is your view on, you know, what you want to do with your life? So it's not just about tax relief. It's not just about interest rates. It's also, you know, maybe you want to change career and you'd love that freedom of having paid off your mortgage early, or maybe you want to take early retirement, or maybe you've got health issues that mean you're really concentrating on paying down your mortgage. So it is going to be really individual. So as you mentioned, there's a lot of variables there. Yeah, exactly. It depends yeah. on people's you know different personal circumstances. I suppose it's one of the first places to start is looking at the size of your mortgage versus the size of your pension because that could have a bearing really on which you would choose. Yeah, I think that is a factor. So for me, I've, I've kind of talked about this before, but I took a long career break Um we got four children. I took a long time out of the workplace. So for me, like, I really want to kind of just maybe psychologically, but for me, like boosting my pension is a really important thing for me personally. I think for other people, just like they really look forward to when they pay the mortgage off. So it is going to be dependent. And as you also mentioned, Alice, a big factor also is whether you're a risk taker or more risk adverse and you know if you are the the latter then probably is going down the mortgage route and overpaying on the mortgage to have the security of having a you know a roof over your head that's owned by you rather than a bank or a building society yeah and i think you know if people have had experience in their family or their friends of people that have been made redundant or you know had health issues we know that sometimes people in their sort of early 60s are starting to have health problems creep in. They might not be like really, really serious, but it might be that they want to reduce their hours or they've got other caring responsibilities that, or they just like want to go part-time. So all these factors play into the decision-making as well. And going back to your point on the long-run stock market returns versus interest rates, as you mentioned, they are broadly around the same 5%. So you know, on that metric, there's a, there's nothing in it. But suppose, you know, we've been in an environment up until, you know, nearly two years ago where interest rates have been very low. Mm. That probably pushed this debate more towards putting more money into the pension versus overpaying the mortgage, given that mortgage rates have been very low due to those interest rates being low. But the game has now changed. You know, we've seen mortgage rates been rising quite significantly in response to those interest rate rises. If you're looking at, you know, say a, a two-year fix or a five-year fix, personally, my, my mortgage isn't up until next summer, so I don't know the, the latest figures, but I know that certainly, you know, you're, you're looking at deals of 5% or more for both of those terms. So to me, that pushes the argument more towards now paying down the mortgage. Yeah, and obviously once you get to that point and you're remortgaging, you might not 
be in the position, depending what other stuff happens, to be able to afford to overpay it. So some people might think, oh, I'll take the opportunity now to overpay it. I think the other thing, though, which um, perhaps we don't think about is this is kind of very theoretical, isn't it? So in my scenario, which I'll come on to the figures in a minute, but person A has kind of concentrated on paying off their mortgage. So maybe they pay off their mortgage five years early or something like that. And then they put that whole amount, you know, the, the mortgage payment plus the additional 200 into their pension. In reality, I think a lot of people wouldn't end up doing that because the power of habit is so important. So there is an argument for just keep sort of steady as you go, doing a bit of both all the way through rather than chopping and changing. Because I think once you've cleared the mortgage, I know I would probably say, well, actually, let's have a few really nice holidays. And probably in reality, it wouldn't all go into my pension, if I'm honest. So that is just something to, I think, just like be a bit honest with yourself about what you would actually do in reality. So let's go into those three scenarios that you came up with, which may help people decide which way to go. Yeah, so I've looked at option one is paying down your mortgage first. So you pay £200 a month extra into your mortgage. When that mortgage comes to an end, you then redirect your payments for your mortgage plus the extra 200 into your pension. And then I've compared that with somebody who puts £200 extra into their pension throughout. I've assumed that somebody has 25-year mortgage here, just for simplicity. If there are 6% interest rates and there is 6% investment growth, there's hardly anything in it, like literally £1,000 in it between the two scenarios. If interest rates are 6%, and investment growth averaged 5%, and this is net of, I've assumed net of fees to make it easy to work it out, but the person who pays off their mortgage first would end up 17,000 better off by the end of the 25 years. But if it's the other way around, if interest rates are 5% and investment growth is slightly higher at 6%, the person who pays into their pension would be £20,000 better off over those 25 years. So there's not a huge amount in it. I think the biggest difference is going to be this tax relief issue because potentially if you think about someone who, say, had a £1,000 mortgage a month and then they paid £200 on top, so now they're paying £1,200 into their mortgage, if they were to then pay that off early and then redirect that into their pension, they might find, say, they're a high-rate taxpayer, that only some of that is getting high-rate tax relief once they come to pay it in later. I've assumed for this that the tax relief is equal throughout, but in reality, some people might be caught out by that and find they get much less tax relief later on. And who knows, the rules could change. They might equalise tax relief. There might not be 40% tax relief. So you, you have to bear in mind that, like for me, like take advantage of that higher rate tax relief if you're a higher rate taxpayer at the moment because it's really generous. So that is like going to make a big difference potentially. So just to emphasise that, The key message here is, you know, if the stock market grows more than mortgage interest rates, then you're better off concentrating on boosting your pension saving. Mm -hmm. Whereas if it's the other way around, mortgage interest rates, they outstrip the investment performance, then you're probably more better off paying more into your mortgage rather than putting that extra money into the pension. But if there's not much in it, then it's, it's more of a personal 
decision, really. I mean, I mean, obviously, with investing, the trouble is there's, there's no guarantees, there's no free lunch. Yeah, if only we had a crystal ball, then we'd be fine, wouldn't we? <laughs> but there are, of course, you know, various steps investors can take to improve their chances of investment success, such as, you know, invest for the long term, which if you're in a workplace pension, that's being done for you. Drip feed money into the market. Again, if you're in a workplace pension, that's also being done for you because your contributions are going in monthly. And also by having a diversified portfolio, which involves investing in different assets, different fund types in order to spread risk far and wide. You mentioned earlier, Alice, that for you personally, your priority would be the pension, given that you know you've had a career break. For me, it would be repaying the mortgage. Again, but again, that's a very personal decision. I've had a pension since I was 23 and feel like I've got quite a large mortgage and you know I want to try and repay that down as much as possible over time. I think some people have like a bit of anxiety over you know having a big mortgage. I don't think I fall into that camp, but I mean I think you know the freedom of owning our own home that's something that I want. Ideally sooner rather than later. I think as you mentioned Alice, you know, do then have that flexibility once the mortgage is paid off to funnel the money that was going to the bank or the building society into your pension to boost your pension. I agree in reality. I mean, I don't think every single penny that I'm putting towards the mortgage will go into the pension. You know, I think I would like to, you know, treat ourselves as well. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? I don't, I think, I think not, you know, I mean, you've got to strike the right balance really, but you know, that's, that's what, you know, that's what I intend to do. I do intend to use some of the, some of that money that would have been going to the mortgage to boost the pension in later life, maybe the, the last 10 to 15 years of putting money into the pension. Also bear in mind that, um, you know, if you are overpaying the mortgage, there's typically a 10% yearly limit in regards to how much you can overpay. If you pay more than that 10%, then there's, a, there's usually a penalty charge. In fact, I think there's always a penalty charge. Do check that out. And more broadly, do watch out for early repayment charges and overpayment charges from your mortgage provider. So do check out the terms and conditions. Finally, I think it's also worth covering off, you know, should people pay off their mortgage with their pension in later life? You know, in particular, you know, with the pension freedoms, the 25% tax-free lump sum, that could be utilised to pay down a mortgage. What's your thoughts on that, Alice? Yeah, I think... Definitely, it could be used to. I think this is something where I'd say a bit of caution is needed because, again, depends on your circumstances because we can access our pension at the moment from age 55. I think unless you're really lucky, that is is probably unlikely you're going to be completely retired by age 55. We all we know that a lot of us in reality have smaller pension pots than you know we might need for a comfortable retirement. So I think it's important to just sit down and, you know, before you touch your pension pot, have a think about how much you might need in terms of income. Don't forget as well that the state pension age is going up, so you might have a gap to cover before that kicks in. And then it's just a case of working out what the best thing is for you. Be careful as well, because if you take more than the 25%, if you start taking a pension income, you can trigger a lower annual allowance to what you can put in your pension. So at the moment, you can contribute maximum of 60000 a year into your pension. So if you got like a really amazing bonus or something like that, you could potentially like max out your pension or you inherited or something like that. You're allowed to put up to 60000 a year into your pension. 
But if you have started drawing a taxable pension income, that reduces right down to 10,000. So just be a bit careful with the rules around that. I guess the other thing is like investment compounding. Like everyone always brings up Warren Buffett here and most of his wealth has come in retirement and as he's gotten older, as his wealth has started to snowball. And if you're drawing money out, you know, quite a while before you retire, that money's not going to have time to grow and you're potentially dampening your returns over time. So just weigh everything up. Yeah, so really individual, I think. Yeah, I completely agree, uh, Alice. You know, I think it is a very individual decision course. And, you know, I think on one side of the coin, you know, if you pay off the mortgage, it'll lower your monthly outgoings, it'll give you security. But then the other side of the coin is that, you know, you will end up with a smaller pension pot that mightn't generate enough income that you, you want to be generated. It's very important to do the sums. It's also important to consider um, seeking financial advice in this area. Another thing perhaps to consider is um, if you've got an ISA, that could be worth considering dipping into first before the pension, given that ISAs form part of your estate for inheritance tax purposes, whereas pensions typically don't. Yeah, I think it's always you know worth considering dipping into the ISA before the pension, particularly if you want to pass on a legacy to loved ones. And the other thing people sometimes do is reinvest, like they draw out money out of their pension, reinvest it into ISAs, and then you've got that flexibility to decide what you do, haven't you? You don't have to make a decision straight away. If interest rates suddenly rocket to 10% or something, you've got that sitting there to make that decision at that point and think, yeah, actually, I am going to pay it off earlier. Well, I hope between myself and Alice, we've provided plenty of food for thought on that topic about whether to boost the pension or overpay on a mortgage. Thank you for listening to this episode of On The Money. If you enjoyed it, please follow the show in your podcast app and tell a friend about it. And if you get a chance, leave us a review or a rating in your podcast app too. You can join the conversation, ask questions and tell us what you would like to talk about via email on otm at ii.co.uk. In the meantime, you can find more information and practical pointers on how to get the most out of your investments on the Interact Investor website, which is ii.co.uk. See you next week.